Welcome to The Great People Show, your guide to greatness, your GPS to excellence. Here's your host, J.J. White. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to The Great People Show. I'm your host, J.J. White, and I'm all alone today. For the first time in the history of our show, I am going to be by myself for an entire show, which you wouldn't think it's that big of a deal because on talk radio, for the most part, everybody's by themselves. But we've we've always done things differently on this show because we want to have a different approach for our audience. But today, James had a uh, work engagement in Charlotte. He, we have day jobs. Uh, wish we could just do this for a living. Um, and a way to help us do that is to support the show. We're we're coming to you, whether you're listening to us live on radio at 97.7 FM in Richmond, Facebook Live at facebook.com slash show, or on Apple, Apple Podcast. Hit subscribe when you get there. Thank you for being here and allowing us to be part of your journey to the truest version of you. And today's show is going to be about creating rewarding experiences in our life and also in the lives of others. And the reason... This topic came about this week, and it's going to be actually a little weird for me to talk about this without James, because he was an integral part of the experience I had Monday that caused me to want to talk about this on today's show. I had an opportunity this week to do something I've never done. I rode in a fire truck. Lights blaring, horns blazing, and it was an absolute experience of a lifetime. It really inspired the topic on today's show. And like most people, I think most people, especially when you're a kid, you dream about riding in a fire truck. I have, and I've been in a fire truck, but they're normally like sitting still at school or sitting still in a fair. Oh no, folks, this was the, the real deal. I was so inspired on Monday after that experience. And I had so many takeaways that I'd like to share with you on today's show. Number one, Fire EMS professionals do things and see things so that we don't have to. I've heard many stories from friends that have been first responders, and they are tough to even hear, let alone see. It's hard to imagine some of the pain, despair, anger, tragedy that is happening all around you all the time in this world. Folks, I got to tell you, you really have a deeper appreciation for how good you have it when you get out on a fire truck or an ambulance and see what's going on. These fire EMS folks, they shield you from that. That's why you should be thanking them whenever you see them. Number two, there is a special bond amongst firefighters that most companies and organizations would die for. There's a lot to learn about camaraderie there. To see how these guys worked with each other was, was impressive. The communication, support, respect is what most companies work for for their entire existence and, and don't even get close to what they have. And there's many reasons for that too. Um, they, they absolutely depend on each other for each other's lives. It's also a very frustrating job. I don't know if you'd be surprised to know some of the reasons why people call 911. It can be very frustrating. Um, I was asking about that and they simply asked me a few questions. Question number one. Have you ever had the flu? Of course I've had the flu. I've been sick. Question number two, have you ever called 911? Well, yeah, yeah, I've done that. Once, I think. Question number three, have you ever had the flu and called 911? Well, of course not. They're like, well, that's what, that's what a lot of our calls are. So they, they stay frustrated over that because they're there to help other people. 
And there's a lot of people in this world that, that really don't know how to help themselves. Another takeaway from my ride along to fire EMS on Monday. Number three, the time they invest to master their craft and earn the right to do what they do is very intense. I met a young man that was, well, I say young man. I'm getting old now. Everyone's a young man. He probably wasn't that young, but to me, he was young. So I met this young man that was, uh, that, that night, he was at the fire station that day. The next day, he was starting as a full-time firefighter uh, at another, uh, in another county. And he had invested years of his life volunteering, given his time, just to get to this point. Would you make that investment? And how many of you have ever given at hundreds of hours of, of free time just to earn the right to do what you, you get to do? And if you've ever started a business or an entrepreneur, you might know what that feels like. Number four, takeaway of what it was like to be on this fire truck right along on Monday. Number four, personally, the biggest takeaway is that I don't spend enough of my time in my community helping others. I feel I only answer that call when the phone rings. James, my co-host, invited me to do the to his fire station for a ride along. He he gives his time there. And I don't take enough initiative to make that contribution to others. We're going to get a little bit more into that further down the show, how most of our life is actually just a combination of things that people have either asked us to do or told us to do. Not nearly enough of our life is based on our initiative. And that can be sad. It could also be remorseful if we don't pay attention to that. And the fifth and final takeaway, I got more takeaways, but this was the last one I put on the list of being on this ride along on, on Monday. When you put your rewarding experience out there, I put it out on Facebook. It will attract people that have either experienced that or want to. I posted my experience on Facebook that afternoon. I had two neighbors reach out to me for more volunteer ride-along experience in local fire EMS departments. So you actually start to become a magnet for other rewarding experiences. And it's kind of a two-sided equation because one of which is you're going to find people that want to help you share that more, but you're also going to inspire other people that need to be inspired to have more of these rewarding experiences. And, and one of the things that, um, as I was digging into this show's topic, I started to really realize how some of the most rewarding experiences, especially if you have a re rewarding career, comes along with so much negativity, so much hardship, that there is no such thing is just a purely rewarding experience. Whether you're in the healthcare field, in the education field, volunteering your time anywhere, being a parent, whatever that is, it's a two-sided equation. And what we're going to hear uh, more about today on today's show, what are some of these rewarding experiences that we can create for ourselves? What's holding us back from having really a more rewarding life? And how do we integrate this more into our career? If, if you're listening to the show now, whether it be live radio or you're on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash great people show where we, we go Facebook live, you can call into the show and share with us some of your rewarding experiences that you've had in your life, surely just to be an inspiration to other people and to be a part of our show. Call us now, 454, excuse me, 804-454-1366. And we'll put you on the air. I already know someone that's going to call in a little bit later because she had a wonderful story. 
And if you have um, experienced something in life that you'd like to share with the rest of us, call us to be an inspiration. Um, just imagine, just imagine all the rewarding experiences that you're missing because you're not doing something out of your normal routine. And if you're like me, you have found that most of your rewarding experiences came through happenstance, almost by accident. Call it divine intervention, call it serendipity, whatever it is. But the reason that maybe you're not having as many rewarding experiences in your life as you'd like is subconsciously you've made a decision not to do that. And we'll talk more about that when we come back. Don't go away, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show will be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. So something I did this year is I wrote down as many goals as I could at the beginning of the year. I had never done this before. It was something that um, my friend Brian Willett had encouraged me to do. He was a caller to our show. I thought it was fantastic. So I literally wrote down as many goals as I physically could. There was no boundaries to what I wanted to accomplish in 2018. I made it to about 30. I was a little disappointed in myself. I thought I was going to get to 100. It's actually really hard to come up with a lot of these. Have you ever done that? Have you ever just sat down and wrote down as many goals as you possibly could? Now, I did it for the year. And you know what it's called whenever you do it for your whole life? They call that a bucket list, right? You've seen that. There's a movie about it. And I haven't done that yet. You know, full transparency on this subject. I have not done that. I'm going to be sharing this advice to you, but I have not taken my own advice yet. And this experience on Monday and this show has really encouraged me to think hard about this because why would somebody do that? Well, the reason you want to do it is because most of us, the way we live our life is you just throw up your sail and let the wind blow you where you, where it wants to go. And what I'm going to encourage you to do is to think differently about your life, to live it more intentionally. The bucket list is essentially a to-do list for the most rewarding experiences in your life. They just haven't happened yet. Uh, one of the most challenging questions for us to answer is why I'm here. I'm going to connect all these things together for, for you and me uh, because we're talking about rewarding experiences and what, what is your purpose is a question. What is my purpose? I'm asking you, what is your purpose? But you should be asking that to yourself. What is my purpose? What is your why? Uh, when I'm in conversation or even coaching with people on this subject, the first thing we do is look at your defining moments. If, if you're unsure of why you're here or what your why is or what your purpose is, just look backwards. Those moments, when positive, can also be classified as the most rewarding experiences in your life. Those experiences usually will stitch together your why for now in the future. And the reason this is an important conversation for this particular topic is whenever we look at the most rewarding experiences, for many people, it's hard to come up with those. And one of the clips that I have probably watched a dozen times or more was a video that a comedian by the name of Michael Jr. did on stage that to me is one of the greatest examples 
of distinguishing between your what and your why. So let's go ahead and listen to the clip. And when it's done, we'll talk more about it. God, how do I know? And a lot of times when people hear the phrase, how do I know? The next thing they say is what? How do I know what? But the key really isn't to know what. The key is to know why. Because when you know your why, you have options on what your what can be. For instance, my why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. My what is stand-up comedy. My what is writing books. My what can be going out with some friends to eat. In fact, another what that has moved me towards my why is a, a web series that we have out now called Break Time. So every Wednesday at 3 o'clock, you should subscribe to the, to the channel. Uh, we do a series called Break Time on YouTube. So 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode. One episode in particular I'm about to show you a clip to. We were in, uh, we were in Winston-Salem. So Break Time, this is how it works. I travel the country. I do stand-up comedy probably an hour, hour and a half at an event. And in the middle of my show, I'll just sit down and start talking to the audience. And funny just happens. Or I'll meet somebody who's really interesting. So I met this one guy, and he said that he teaches music at a school. I was like, all right, you teach music, you know, um, can you sing? And then uh, I'm just going to show you the clip. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so... Um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, "Amazing Grace." Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow, that brought could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if uh, your uncle just got out of jail, you got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the Here's the thing. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time I asked him to sing, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what has more impact because you're walking in or towards your purpose. When you know your why, your what has more impact. What an amazing point of view because... While we spend 
a vast majority of our life focusing on our what? Because our, our what is in our here now. Our what is what pays our bills. Our what is what we feel, eat, live, sleep, breathe every single day. It's our what that frustrates us. It's our what that brings pain into our life. It's, it's the what that brings joy into our life. And it reminds me of a saying that I hear over and over in our, in our, in our business. I don't know who invented water. I, excuse me. I don't know who first discovered water, but I can guarantee you it wasn't a fish. Because our what surrounds us every single day, and we spend a lot of time, you spend a lot of energy trying to figure out what your why is. And then the clock starts to run down. And you start to see the, the sand in the hourglass start to get a little smaller up top. And you start to get a little worried. You start to get the halftime. Maybe that's 40. Maybe that's 45. If you're optimistic, maybe it's 55. We don't know what our halftime is. But you start to get a little worried. Am I doing what I was put on this earth to do? That's a very legitimate question you should be asking yourself. Yes, it's connected to our what. As Michael Jr. just told us, when you know your why, your what has more impact. Well, instead of sitting around and going to classes, reading books, and asking people, taking online programs to help you figure out your why, why don't you go out there to create more experiences in your life, get a broader sense of what your what is, I must guarantee that you'll find your why along the way. This was so apparent to me on Monday. The only reason I was on a fire truck on Monday was because my friend and co-host of the show invited me. I have legitimately spent a majority of my life wanting to ride a fire truck. I mean, really, I said it earlier, who hasn't? And when you're a kid, probably up to the age of what, maybe 10, 12, it's definitely in the top three. If you're a boy, and I love to hear this whenever they're girls, say, I want to be a firefighter when I grow up. There's honor in that. There's heroism in that. It looks fun. It looks challenging. It looks thrilling. But because firefighters can't make a whole lot of money or for whatever other reason, that dream changes. That's okay. Not everyone can be a firefighter. But do you ever ask yourself why your dreams have changed over time? And really specifically, why you didn't do some of the things that you knew you could have done to achieve that dream. So what starts happening is you see all this runway in your life, right? I've got the rest of my life to figure this out. Well, there's a certain point in your life where you start to realize, I don't have the rest of my life to figure this out. The runway gets closer. The runway gets shorter. And you start to get a little worried. Well, the best thing you can do to eliminate that concern, that worry, Answering that question, what is your why? Why are you put on this earth? Is to go out and experience new things, which is why we're really talking about this on today's show. What can you do to experience more rewarding, I use the word things. And it was interesting because I think it's our nature to say, 
What's the most rewarding thing you've ever done? Well, you don't do things. You own things. You buy things. You make things. It's the experience that is rewarding. That's why you spend all this money going to Disneyland, folks. You can't put Disneyland in a bottle. They'll sell you stuff to bring it back. But it's the experience that can transform your life in the relationships around you. And for me, on Monday, I had no idea going into this. But I had identified that a big part of my why in my life over the last couple years has been truly helping other people. Being a part of something for them so they could transform who they are to fulfill their visions in life and to fulfill their why in life. Well, I didn't really think about that going into this this moment on Monday. To be real honest with you, it kind of happened because I needed to get the camera for our show from James and it was the best place to get it. He said, why don't you come do a ride along? I said, sure. And I realized this what that I'd spent all this time with was nestled right into my why. This was just another thing. As Michael Jr. said, when you know your why, your what has more impact. Come on back, folks. Now back to The Great People Show. So today we're talking about rewarding experiences, specifically around what can we do to make a difference in our life. And uh, I don't know what's going to happen here because we have, a, we have a caller on the line that could be one of the most rewarded men that I've ever met on the line with us. Joining us to The Great People Show is Fraser Hughes. Welcome to the show, Fraser. What's going on, JJ? Oh, man. This is a day I've been waiting for almost my entire life, Fraser. You and I are on the radio together. I know. It's this amazing, is amazing. Like, you need to get down here and get in the studio. We could really corrupt a lot of things. I think we would have probably increase the ratings in Richmond and probably uh, make a lot of people upset because their ratings would go down if, if I come on with you. That's the goal, right? World domination. Fraser, why'd you call in today? Tell us. Well, I, hey, I wanted to call in because, um, you know, the, the topic is really making me think because I, I, I feel like for, you know, when I was younger, my goal was to get famous and, um, you know, have notoriety and, and be, and really be liked. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a part of that was the radio for me because I, I, I was on a bunch of stations and then, you know, th- things changed in my life. And, um, I felt like I couldn't really grasp that opportunity anymore. Once I, I got divorced and stayed in, in my town because I wanted to be close to my children. So then the focal point is like, you know, what is what is the purpose of your life? Is it to make as many sales as I can make? Mm-hmm. So, you know, I can be the top salesman. Now I'm, now I'm the top salesman. I'm like, okay, well, you know, what's, what's next, next for you? Yeah, what is you next know, for you? It's like, well, okay, well, can I, make, can I make more money? I mean, if I make more money. Why does that I'll, matter I'll, for I'll you? Really, Why do you need more money? Well, you see, so the, and then you think you're at the halfway point, so are you at the panic point in your life? Well, if mm. you make more money, then you can save enough money, and then you'll have enough money for your kids. When you grow up, then you'll be able to retire, and then da-da-da-da-da, and your brain just starts yeah. frying. And then all that money that we accumulated in our life is just to try to take care of our, our poor health whenever we get old, right? We don't really have a, we don't have a, a lot to, to do with it because we get too old to, to, to have fun with it. So what's yeah, next for you? Where do you want to go? I, 
you know, that's a, that's a good question. I don't know where I need, where I'm going to go. I mean, where where have like you I, felt I most rewarded? Where have you felt most rewarded in your life, Frazier? What moments? I'd I'd say most recently being able to so being able to have personal development in my life. I mean, the Dale Carnegie course helped me tremendously, right? Thank Taking you. that course. Mm-hmm. A lot of people have no clue until they take the course, but that helped me connect with others more. And then also, too, you know, I've had a mentor growing up. I've gone to a lot of people are here on autopilot in their lives. They have no clue who they are. <clears throat> they really have they have no understanding mm-hmm. of what makes I them agree. tick. So I, over the years, have had a, a mentor that I work with who helped me recognize things about myself I had no clue about. And so now I'm able to overcome some adversities in my life mm-hmm. without that help. If I didn't have that help, if that's making sense. So maybe I think you're answering my question. The most rewarding experiences, and you put this on Facebook just a few minutes ago, that it's rewarding to give your kids advice for mistakes you've made so they don't have to or know how to work through their own issues. So maybe a big part of your future has to do with mentoring others because you've been mentored so much in your life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point, you know, because to be able to, so my daughter now 14, I know a lot of people listening right now have kids. They don't know what to tell their kids because they were brought up in a dysfunctional home Mm -hmm. and parents that were rigid that said, you do this, you do that. I know how to, I feel like 80% of me knows how to give my kids constructive, solid advice when it comes to hardships, whether it's, you know, their grades, whether it's relationships, you know, dating, you know, money, whatever. When we went to social media, I I couldn't. When we went to social media Monday, because you're hitting the nail on the head, um, I asked the question, what's the most rewarding thing you've ever experienced? And over half the responses included something with their family. So this brings up my point earlier that I was making, Frazier. Some of the most rewarding things that we do and experience in our life come with the most turmoil, come with the most pain, right? You can't have your cake and eat it too in life. So while you've been through so much stuff, look at all the reward that you've been able to, to, to pull out of that. That's true. That's true. You know, our, our greatest fears turn out to be sometimes our, our, our biggest blessings. Mm. I love that phrase. All right, Fraser, send us home, brother. What's the, what's, what is the advice that you have for our audience on how to create and live a more rewarding life? I think, I think you know, just to send you home is you need to get to know yourself. Hey, what, what really makes you tick? Like you said, hey, what are your goals? I, I haven't written them down because we, a lot of us don't know ourselves. We just are on autopilot. We get up, <clears throat> have our coffee. We eat our breakfast. We go into work. Okay, we're here. We talk. But, you know, do we really notice the small things and signs in our lives that are, are telling us to do things differently? And the, and the one thing I'd add to that, if you don't write down your goals because you're not sure who you are, just go and start writing down something anyway. I did that for the first time this year and wrote down 30 goals. I was amazed at what came out of my pen. Make it happen. Dude, we need to get was you it, in the studio was it blue here ink or, Was it blue ink or red ink? I do red ink. ink. I do red yeah, ink because I'm, I'm serious. Do, a lot of people listen to you every day. They love listening to you. Do you have a special pen you use, or you just kind of grab a plastic I do. one? No, I have special or, pens. I use uh, I use Sharpie clickables. Mm-hmm. I, I have a Sharpie in the studio right now, but it's not a clickable because uh, I don't want to lose the pens. They're in special places in both my house and my office, uh-huh. and I have to put it in a special place in my house where my kids will take them. And then we have big issues when they take my special pens. Mm-hmm. Next thing you know, they're drawing little mustaches on their faces. Well, we do that in, in the Dale Carnegie course too, remember? Hey, can True. you give us can you give us a little Uncle Huey before you leave? Yeah, hold on. Can you, let me go get him. Okay, he's, okay. he's right outside the door. Okay, here. hurry hold up. On. 
I agree. It's actually not Uncle Hugh. It's Grandpa Hugh. Oh, Grandpa, Grandpa Hugh. Come here. I, I'm come sorry. Here. I thought it was Uncle. Well, hello. Grandpa Huey. Yeah, what you got, JJ? Hey, thanks for being on the show today. Are you taking good care of Fraser? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, he was dying to go to use the bathroom. Okay, so well, uh, he'll you're... probably be in there about an hour and a half. Which, what, what y'all, uh, y'all talking about reward? Yeah, Grandpa Huey, you're you're a pretty old guy, aren't you? Like 112 now. What? Uh... No, I'm, in, I'm in my 80s. I tell you what, technology has destroyed relationships. And Do so you use technology? Do you use technology? I don't. I don't. I got my flip phone, but I don't do none of that Twitter to Facebook. I hear you. So you're an old guy. What's the most rewarding? What's your advice for our audience? The most rewarding thing you can do in your life? Well, it's, well, I just be be nice to other people, and uh, you know, enjoy the, the the moment, enjoy the day. There you go. Don't be don't be so worried about what's going to happen on Saturday. You know, a lot of people and the darn the, the texting. I, you know, Frazier will send me a text. I don't know if he's mad or angry. Pick up the phone and <laughs> tell your tell your mother you love her. Well, Grandpa, we're we're hoping that you make it till Saturday. So uh, if you wouldn't mind just putting well, Frazier. I'm gonna make it. I love I love you, JJ. Put Frazier back on. Hair. Thanks, that thanks, Grandpa. Hair. Thank you. Thanks, Grandpa. Hey, I'm back. All I'm right, back. brother. Thanks for joining us on the show today. Hey. Uh, we'll have to bring Grandpa hey. on, uh, in the studio one time if he can make the ride. See you, Grandpa. Know, we, we can do it. Okay. All right, hey, have a great day. Stay See you, Frazier. Love you, brother. You too. Bye. Yeah, you always know it's going to get crazy here whenever uh, FraserHughes.com shows up on the Great People Show. We're going to need to have a Fraser Hughes moment every once in a while. What do you think, Mark? Shake your head yet. Yeah, Mark liked it. Our producer liked it. So, um, you know, Fraser had Fraser brought up a, a lot of great points. Is you can uh, he could easily look at his life as like being the victim. And say all these things are happening to you and I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing and everything. Life keeps throwing me a curveball. I don't know exactly the words he used, but I think they were perfect. That those could be the exact things that are throwing you right into your most rewarding experiences. And there are many careers that um, are very rewarding and also very, very difficult. And I found this list of the top most meaningful jobs, according to payscale.com. It was a survey of 2 million people. And it looked at 500 jobs. You can actually find the whole list. It's quite a, quite a lengthy list. I just looked at the very top and the very bottom. Um, I'm not going to read through all these because we have to go on to a break here in a minute. But um, kindergarten teachers, number 12, most meaningful job. People who said it's a highly meaningful job, 91%. Quite a bit. Now, if you've ever been in a kindergarten class, I know most of you have been in kindergarten, but you don't remember this. If you've ever been in a kindergarten class, then you understand how challenging it is to be a kindergarten teacher. But number 12 out of 500 jobs, these are from the kindergarten teacher say it's most rewarding because the net effect of what the, the impact that they're having on other people's lives is huge. Uh, when we come back from break, we're going to talk a little bit more about these careers. And if you have a career that is very rewarding, but also very difficult, and you want to come in and share it to the show on, on how you manage that, you can be a part of the show by calling us at 804-454-1366. Come on back, folks. You're listening to The Great People Show. The Great People Show. We'll be right back. Now back to The Great People Show. So during uh, our brief break there, uh, Mark, the producer, asked me if Frazier 
is a comedian. And my only response was he thinks he is. Um, so we were uh, talking about jobs that are um, challenging, but very, very rewarding. And so we, um, we do have a caller. So we have on the phone with us this morning, Melanie. Melanie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, well, I'm glad you were able to join us and call in when we went to social media this week on the question, what's one of your most rewarding experiences? You were one of the few people that actually wrote something that had something to do with your profession. Most people, I don't know if it's sad to say this, but most people didn't even include something that they do professionally. And it had something to do with, with caring for a hospice patient. Could you just tell us a little bit more about that? Sure. So, you know, I've been a nurse since 94 and a nurse practitioner since 2010. And so I've seen a lot of patients come through my care that unfortunately are at the end of their life. And particularly one of the things that I find most rewarding is really helping patients die with dignity. Mm. And many patients don't have that availability. They either haven't had the discussion with their providers or with their family, what they really want that time to look at. And so being able to help somebody gracefully make that decision and gracefully exit this world is really rewarding. Yeah. How do you manage the emotions? Because um, while I'm certain from my position, from a distance looking at that, that, that could be rewarding, but that also sounds incredibly difficult. Like, how do you balance that? That's a great question, JJ. So I think over time, my ability to compartmentalize has gotten much stronger. So my first nursing job was on a oncology unit, and I can tell you it was very difficult. I cried almost every night and went to many patients' funerals. Fast forward 20 years later, you realize that there are times I can't change the outcome as far as what it's going to be, but I can change the process of how that happens, and I'm able to put my emotion aside and save it for when I get in the car so that I'm still me, happy, jolly person when I get home and I'm still the strong, supportive, caring individual at the bedside, but I have my sad moment in the car and I still can look in the mirror and say, you know what, you did what you needed to do. You did what was important for that person, that family. And there are days that are easier than others. And I think that's one of the you know strengths and gifts of being a nurse is being able to to make that transition so that you can be the best, not only in your home, but in the best at that bedside. Yeah. It sounds like you also know how to balance it so that the, the net effect of this career is a positive one. And I, I've known nurses over the years and I've had clients that have been hospitals and, and I know one of the biggest challenges that they've had is so many people get into the nursing profession to help people. I mean, it, it's, it's one of the most rewarding jobs out there but it's so hard and it's so demanding that a lot of people leave the profession because they, they just literally can't do what you just described. They, they can't, I guess they can't find enough good in it to outweigh all the, all the, the stuff that comes along with it. Like, what do you, I guess, what do you suggest to us in any profession on how to balance those things out, knowing we should be getting more rewards from, from our career? I think, you know, it's a really interesting question that you pose because it is something that's transferable no matter what arena you're in for, you know, whether it's business, whether it's healthcare, whether it's, you know, consumer packaged goods. 
first off, you've got to have passion for whatever you're doing. And I think one of the beauties of nursing is that you don't have to spend your entire nursing career in a hospital. You can take your nursing passions to an aesthetics office. You can take it to children. You can take it to a nursing home. You can take it on a cruise ship. So there's so many opportunities to take that passion to help people that maybe the one arena you get into starting in, let's say, oncology isn't really something that you really have that success and are able to compartmentalize, but knowing that you could do travel nursing and see the world, you could see the country, you can change how you practice. And in other industries, having the passion for what you do is important. So maybe you're in sales, but you're selling, let's say, cat litter or charcoal. You're working for a big corporation that has those. That may not tickle your fancy, but now if you've gotten into, let's say, the wine and spirit industry, which may be more enticing and more exciting, that passion is back that maybe those long hours, you feel better about putting those in because now you actually enjoy what you're doing. And I think for nursing, that's really what it is, is to find the longevity by finding your passion. Hmm. Yeah, a lot of people, I believe, kind of quit when they start to get that that first level of resistance or even worse, they, they, they just can't find the good in something so they almost drown in the negativity of it to the point where they just can't stand it anymore. Um, what, what would be one thing that you would uh, perhaps share with us from a nurse's perspective? Because, uh, well, let me preface this first. Uh, I think nursing is one of those professions where we hope we never have to deal with a nurse, but the inevitable fact is we will. So how do we help a nurse have a better experience with some of us really grumpy people that don't like to be in the hospital. Well, we don't want you to be in the hospital either. So I think knowing that we're on the same page with you is important. (laughs) We don't want you to be there either. But we also, our job is to get you well. And you may not always enjoy our process of getting you well. You know, that might be taking medicine that tastes horrible. It may be getting up and walking when you're in pain. But recognizing that our goal is to get you better and get you out quickly you know, keep that in mind with us. The other thing is be honest with us. Um, you know, certainly people have all sorts of backgrounds. So I don't know what medicines you take at home. I don't know what, you know, side agents you may take. I don't know what preferences you have. I don't know anything about your marriage. So assuming that I do is really harming me. So tell me, honestly, I really prefer to be called, you know, Melanie, I don't like being called Mel. I really love my cats, and I really want to sneak them in one day. You know what? Your nurses will help you do those little creature comforts to make your stay better. I mean, I know as a nurse practitioner, I wrote for pet therapy all the time because, one, it decreased the stress of my team, and it decreased the stress of the patients. And so I think at any time that you come in contact with any healthcare provider, but especially your nurses, they have your back. But they can't do that if you're not honest. So I think that that's definitely number one. And then the second thing that really makes it the most enjoyable, if that's the best term that you can find, is really making sure you let us know early, do you have pain? What are you scared of? And do you understand what we're telling you? Don't try to be strong and be like, oh, yeah, I get it. I definitely understand when you have no idea. We can explain things multiple times to make sure that you do because there's nothing worse than a patient that says, I get it, I know what you're saying, and then can't follow the directions because it's only going to hurt you later and make us feel worse that we don't succeed in your care to turn out right. Well, it's really amazing to me to to even think of just those couple things that you shared on how to make a um, 
a healthcare visit more manageable, dare I say even pleasurable, but the fact that you have to deal with that, nurses have to deal with that constantly during a shift even reinforces our point even stronger that um, with with all that stuff that goes along with any career, uh, you can find you can find the reward in it if that's what you're looking for. And on the on the flip side of it, if you're not looking for the reward and, and the only thing you can really focus in on is the negativity, that's probably all you're going to get. So, Melanie, thanks for joining the show and just sharing a little bit with us uh, about uh, your your the career you're in and how to make how to make it more rewarding in, in really any career. So, thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I hope this was valuable for you and for your listeners. Thank you. What an interesting call from from Melanie, not Mel. Apparently, can't call her Mel. I don't know if that was true or not, but she used it as an example. And uh, a few minutes ago. Before we talked to her, we were going through this list on payscale.com on the most meaningful jobs. And if my math is correct, uh, eight of the top 13 are in, in the healthcare field, which makes total sense, right? Because it's a field dedicated to helping other people. If you aren't rewarded in doing that, then, then there's something wrong. Uh, three of these were related to education. I mentioned one already, kindergarten teacher, number two. 12, 91% meaningful. Um, general teachers, number five, 95%. It, but it's interesting, English and literature teachers, it's number two most rewarding job at 96% meaningfulness. Uh, number one, clergy. People who said it's highly meaningful is 98%. You gotta wonder if you're clergy, what happened to the 2%? Just wondering, where, where, where did you fall off the boat? I, I'm not going to get into that. We'll, could, could get off the hook here. But it's interesting how uh, nurses, I'm going to give them honorable mention because we just talked to a nurse, 80%, which is very high. I, I didn't jot down the number, but I think it was like in the, in the top 50 of 500, top 10% of most meaningful. Uh, talking earlier about being a firefighter, it's 88%. Um, honor, another honorable mention. I don't know. No, actually, we'll call that a dishonorable mention. I don't know what you want to call it. The lowest meaningful job, parking lot attendant. Only 5% think their job makes the world a better place. Mr. or Ms. Parking lot attendant, just know that we still love you. How could we get our car in and out if it weren't for you? Unfortunately, I have a friend in the parking lot industry and parking lot attendants will be going away here pretty soon due to technology and self-driving cars. So if you are a parking lot attendant and you are in that 95% that don't think you have a meaningful job, now is probably a good time to go get another one. Just say it. So we only have a few minutes left here on this subject. I've got so many notes. Mark, I didn't get through all these notes. Gosh, this always happens. And I didn't even have anybody with me. I talked too much. I wanted to cover quickly how rewarding your family could be on that Facebook post that we would, or the social media post we did Monday, half the people put family, is you can create these rewarding experiences with your kids. In fact, there are a good reason to create rewarding experiences. The number one rewarding experience you can create with your children is just be present. That's what I try to do. My job is to show my daughter what it's like to be treated by a man. And my job as a father to my son is to show him what it's like to be a man and Sam, my wife, has a different perspective on her role is 
uh, parenting a daughter and parenting a son. And, and it's an amazing combination once you do that right, but it's about creating rewarding experiences for them so they understand what life is supposed to be about. So how do we create more rewarding experience? First of which, don't wait. Just guess how old you have to be to volunteer, at least in Goochland County, Virginia. I found this on their website. Guess how old you have to be to ride in a fire truck on a ride along? 12. Folks, there's other than being under 12, there's no excuses for getting your child into a ride along on a fire truck. If you're 52, go ride in a fire truck. It will probably lead to you being a volunteer. It's probably going to lead to me being a volunteer. And you really don't know what you're missing until you just start doing some of these things. So please don't wait. Create your bucket list. Get out there and make a list of every single thing you want to do before you leave this earth. And make sure as much of it as possible is about helping other people. Because that's what the Great People Show is all about. On how do you become great for other people. So this bucket list has to involve a lot of other people. Ask others what, what to do. Just literally, just ask a bunch of people, what's some things I could do to get out of my comfort zone to have more rewarding experiences? And as Fraser Hughes at FraserHughes.com told us earlier, is get to know yourself. And one of the best ways to get to know yourself is to put yourself in situations you never thought you'd, you'd ever be. So thank you all for being here on the show. We come to you live on 97.7 FM, The Answer in Richmond, every week from 9 to 10. You can catch any of our shows on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Go to our website at greatpeopleshow.com, which is where you can find all of our shows. And I want to leave you with this, this, this parting quote. I can find it here. Time speeds up until it learns to fly. Folks, you gotta make things happen in your life. Make these experiences rewarding. Thanks for joining us. Tune in to The Great People Show again next week, Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m.